Welcome to It's All Connected, a Marvel Studios podcast brought to you by MCUExchange.com. It's all connected. Everything. So I spent a good portion of the last couple of days hitting F5 on some jerk's YouTube page. <laughs> to no avail. To no avail. Yes, the uh, the fabled Civil War footage from D23, which is sort of, a, at this point, it's sort of in, in vain of the Yeti or the or Sasquatch, the perhaps. Yeah. Uh, there is a YouTube channel. I don't know if they're anything else. I'm not even giving their name because I'm aggravated. But there was a YouTube channel that went out and said they had the footage and they were going to release it unannounced and only leave it up for five minutes and maybe do that a few times so it wouldn't get taken down and so nobody would know. You know, they wouldn't get in any trouble or anything. And, uh, yeah, it worked. It worked. I hit F5 for a while, and the footage never emerged. Yeah, I checked it a few times and didn't see anything. And it was really funny because that one post had, like, these rules. It was just, it was like, do not email us. Do not comment. Do not tweet at us. You will be banned. It was it was just really kind of funny. Yeah, and I think maybe did have some footage that they did a similar thing with in the past. It might have been, like... The after credits for Age of Ultron or something that they had early that they did something similar with. And I guess it did happen that time, so that gained them some cred. You know, whatever. Um, How do you feel, before we get going here, I guess, how how do you feel about the whole, uh, you know, con trailers and footage not being released officially? And So, I totally get why they do it. If you're going to have people stand in line for, like, say, let's take Comic-Con for an example, because I think that's 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 a good example as well. You're standing in line for sometimes days in advance to get into Hall H or Ballroom 20. At least you're standing in line for hours. You have to do something so that people feel like it's worth their time to wait in line and see something. So I'm totally fine with that. And if you don't want to release it publicly before or after... That I get it, but th- what what irks me is the whole. If you post this up online, the studios aren't going to come back, and they're not going to show you anything anymore. That's all bullcrap, in my opinion. Because if you don't want it to leak, if you don't want it to leak, don't show it, because you know it's going to leak. You know it's going to get out there. You know, in a, in a room full of seven thousand plus people, somebody's gonna gonna be filming it, and somebody's gonna put it out there. And, and the excuse they use of, well, it's not quite ready yet. We don't want people to see it in a bad light. You are showing this footage in front of 7,000 of the most critical, fanatical, crazy people. I know because I've, I've been one of those 7,000 people um, on the planet. It's like if you don't think these people are going to be the most judgmental, then you know, you're crazy. Because you know, the general public is going is to be nowhere near as critical 
as as the the you know five to seven eight thousand people that are in that room camping out you know days and hours ahead of time. So I I like I said I don't I don't get bent out of shape that they don't release it, but at the same point I I just don't buy the argument of um, don't let it leak or we won't come back. And I I kind of. I, I totally understand uh, all of the thinking and, and everything that you just explained really well. But for me, like the live experience is always going to be a draw. Sure. You know, like if if the theory of you have to make it cooler for the people who show up than for the people that don't, if that applied, like nobody would go to a live uh, sporting event. Everybody true. would just watch it on TV. Yeah, that's and true. It's, that's true. And it's only... 7,000 people, which is a lot of people for that sort of thing, but I think for every person that turned away and said, I'm just going to watch it at home in HD, there would be 100 people that would be willing to take the spot. Like, you know what, they're not never going to have trouble filling a 7,000 person True. spot for that stuff. You know, just my opinion. I, I, I think the way it was done perfectly, I mean, I say I get it, but I mean, ideally, yes, I, I think it, it's... It, it makes sense to just just release it. I think what they did at uh, the Star Wars celebration was perfect. Before that Star War, that big Star Wars panel, they went ahead and put out the trailer, and so they get it out of the way. They don't have to worry about it. They control the messaging. They go into the panel and they do some cool stuff, and you've got all the uh, the, the live stuff. Um, even for Comic Con in San Diego, I think what they did was that little sizzle reel. They put that up on the net as well. Um, but you know, the big draw there was, Hey, 7,000 people, let's get up and go across the street and watch a concert. So I, I think there's, like you said, John, I think there's ways they can do it, um, to where they can still, you know, capture that audience and really make it a magical experience, but not be so draconian when it comes to the, um, you know, to the showing the footage. I, I, I guess I just take issue more with the argument that, Oh, this footage isn't ready. Okay. Well, if it's not ready, don't show it, you know? Don't don't you know? Don't use that as an argument because I think that's a that's a crappy argument, right? But hey, we're not here to bitch about the not showing of trailers. No, this is it's all connected. Episode seventy two, I think seventy two. Yes, very good. We're an MCU podcast bringing you news and commentary on all your favorite Marvel movies, TV shows, and Netflix series. I'm John. This is Russ. Tonight we are going to wrap up our big MCU countdown, and we're going to talk about uh, D23 was pretty big as it as it turned out. We've stort, sort of uh, started speaking about that already, and uh, we have lots of other fun things planned. And first up, it's news and junk. <laughs> So Tom Holland was spotted on the set of Civil War in Germany. That means Spider-Man is in Civil War. But yes. we've known that for quite quite a long time. Yes, yes, yes. What's your opinion on the amount of Spider-Man that we see in Civil War? Uh, you know, at first I thought it was going to be really light cameo. But now I'm not so sure. I think it's going to be... A little heavier than we thought. I think it's going to be a full-blown appearance, uh, comparable to probably some of you know, like even what we'll see of like Hawkeye or uh, you know some of the other you know, characters that are going to pop in. To be honest with you, 
I was wondering, you know, we've heard time and time again that the the MCU Spider-Man movie won't be another origin. So I wonder if they find a way to work the origin in quickly into Civil War. Like, you know, even if it's Tony Stark and, uh, you know, Fury on their way to meet him, just giving the background. Like, yeah, this kid got bitten by a spider and all of a sudden he's crawling walls and blah, blah, blah. Done. Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't surprise I, me. Yeah, I and I take that. Sure. Everybody knows Spider-Man. We yep. don't need to know that story again. Yep. If you could take a character like the Hulk and compress his origin down to the opening credit sequence, then I think you can do it with Spider-Man in a wink and a nod. That was so good, and we probably didn't even speak about that when we covered the Hulk in our countdown. Probably not. It's probably the best part of the movie. <laughs> So Evangeline Lilly did a Facebook Q&A, and apparently she was asked about uh, the Wasp costume that we saw at the end of uh, the first teaser at the end of Ant-Man. And uh, she said, it's funny, she said, since that time she's pregnant and unable to try it on, um, still the fitting has taken place and she's ready to put it on as soon as possible. Let's hope I fit it again, is what she she joked. Um I don't think she'll have a hard time. I don't think so either. But it's it's interesting to know that, based on what she said, that the costume that we saw at the end of Ant-Man wasn't just like, oh, let's take it to the costuming department and just have them throw something together that looks really cool. It looks like that was actually fitted for her. Um, and again, I don't know if they're just going to mothball that until she makes a, an appearance down the road or if maybe they were thinking, well, just in case... Uh, you know, we, we have reshoots or we need to do some padding or filler or something like that. Um, you know, or maybe they wanted something a little more ambitious for that, uh, that tag scene at the end to have her in the costume. But, um, but that's encouraging that, you know, she could, she could pop up down the road. I think, uh, I think it's good that they're leaving these things open. Cause as we, you know, as we talk about with phase three, who knows what's going to happen with infinity war. And then, you know, phase four is, is a really open book. And with, you know, a lot of these contracts hitting their end to know that they've kind of got another, uh, you know, set in, in the works that they could, uh, they could pull out of, out of their back pocket is, is good news. Yeah, for sure. And she did a little mentioning of, uh, another role that she might've been up for. Yeah. She said, apparently they wanted her for Wonder Woman and she passed, uh, so she can make sure she did uh, wasp and she's happy that with the choice she made. And I think, uh, I, I think that was a wise choice, and and that's not a Marvel versus DC thing. I just don't see her as a good Wonder Woman. I mean, I th- I think I think Gal Gadot is is awesome. I think she looks fantastic. I just don't see Evangeline Lilly as that that character. Yeah, I mean, if if it went as far as like test footage and we saw some shots in the in the gear and with a different hair cut, you know, we we may have a different feeling about it. But I, I don't see her either. Um, she seems too slight yeah. for me for that role, but Gal Gadot seemed that way to me too, and she looks pretty badass. So who knows? Yeah, yeah. Maybe if it was reversed, we'd be saying the same thing. Yeah, probably. We got some more pictures of John Bernthal on the set of Daredevil Season 2. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. No skull yet, but that does not surprise me. I see that as a reveal late in the season. Yeah, I yeah I do too. I mean, as much as I'd like for it to appear earlier, 
Um, I mean, the, the big thing is we don't even know how many episodes he's going to be in. I mean, uh, you know, he, he could he could be, you know, a major portion of that show. He could be in, you know, spotlight episodes or something like that. But I have a feeling he's going to be a fairly big part. So I have a problem with the jeans that the Punisher is wearing in these set photos. <laughs> it's always uh, about the pants. I if, <laughs> going way back with John Bernthal for anybody who you know may not have listened to uh, the Walking Dead TV podcast way way back when uh, his pants were always too high. He had trouble fitting pants. You know, listen, the guy's built like a you know a brick you know what house and looks great and everything his pants don't fit right they didn't fit right on that show that that's another story entirely <laughs> but uh do you you know the jeans that i speak of i do they just don't look like jeans that frank castle would buy no and they're too new and they're just not right he should it, it should be like military like cargo pants tucked into boots or something yeah and you know this is weird, but <laughs> but it's it's the way I feel. And anybody that has seen the set photos, I want you to pay attention to the jeans now. Maybe that's just like the beginning. Maybe uh, maybe we're just seeing all of all of one one set of filming. Yeah, I mean he's he does have like a bulletproof vest on in one of the shots, you know, with yeah. the jeans. But <laughs> hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe they're maybe they're fine. <laughs> But uh, again, I, I do expect to see the skull much later, and, and something that's not going to leak out as well. And how about that poor dog? There's like a hurt dog in these scenes too. It, it's yeah, it's a, a a very large, very male dog that uh, <laughs> yes. that's that someone is carrying. Um, yeah, and he looks a little uh, a little disinterested. Yeah. Yeah, and he has like a he has a bandage, and like you know, I'm sure it's part of the filming. And sure. there's no no animals were harmed in the yes, yes, <laughs> in yes. the filming of of this episode of Daredevil. But uh, yeah, I wonder. I don't know. I I wonder if he like breaks up a dog fighting thing, or maybe like the mob is having some dog fights, and that happens to be when Punisher busts in on them. Or yeah, yeah, because the, like the one that. dude looks like he's running. The other one is pretty hastily carrying this dog off with this huge like chain attached to it with a carabiner on there. I mean, it's like a, like a really thick, thick chain, like like the chain that they had the dog tied up in the sandlot kind of chain. Yeah. Yes. The beast. <laughs> and then I guess, it, you know, it's funny. We really thought there would be a lot of news out of D23. And I think most of the D23 stuff that was geek related uh, was really Star Wars. I mean, I think Star Wars was like the uh, stole the thunder of D23, even though it had a pretty good showing at Comic-Con, and they just had their own uh, Celebration Con, you know, not too long before that. So uh, it's it's all Star Wars all the time over at Disney. Uh, but one of the things they, and, and as part of that announcement, was the, the big Infinity 3.0 uh, set that's coming out for consoles. Uh, I think it comes out in just a few weeks at this point. Um. And it's mostly Star Wars, a lot of Star Wars with Infinity, which hasn't been a part of the Infinity set. It's It's been, you know, the first round was strictly the Disney characters. Round two, the big the big entry was Marvel. And then round three is, is mainly Star Wars, but they're bringing in the Tron characters and, and some of the other Disney properties are coming in as well. 
Um, but one of the one of the big additions they're doing for the version three set is uh, a Hulkbuster figure and the a movie a movie style Hulk, Hulkbuster and the movie style Ultron as two figures. And apparently they're supposed to have really cool super moves that you know normally these these characters don't have. Uh, so it's kind of like a, a you know a much bigger deal uh, than than your average uh, Disney Infinity little characters that come in. Uh, and I guess they're doing like a four-player, like four-player rumble mode or something like that, where the actual pedestal can take like four characters at a time, and you could, you know, get a bunch of people over and just have these characters just kind of go at it with each other. So um, I was not—I do have the Infinity Two O set because I wanted the little Marvel figurines, and they're—they're they're pretty cool. But the game itself is not for me. I mean, it's—it's, it's, you know, if you got kids that are probably eight to twelve, it's probably perfect for them. But it's just. Um, the Lego games, I think, are about as low on the age rung as as I uh, as I'm comfortable with. Um, so this the 3.0. It seems like they're adding enough to it that make it interesting. There's going to be a lot of like racing tracks and uh, so apparently the toy the toy box thing where you kind of build your own environment is getting really really beefed out uh, to to include some cool features. So it might be worth revisiting. Uh, I'll, I'm insane, so I'll be getting it uh, just to get the Star Wars figures because they look really cool. Uh, they're doing special edition, even where you put it on the pedestal and the lightsabers light up and things like that. So, um, the figures are cool. I mean, I'm they sure are. I haven't seen the Star Wars ones yet, but uh, in general, the figures look really cool, and I'm sure that was by design that they're going to grab some dad collectors along with kids playing. Yeah, one of the things I've noticed is. If you run out now, and if you rotate between Walmart, Target, uh, Best Buy, and any other outlet, they all and uh, GameStop, they all seem to be rotating out because because the three stuff is coming in, so they need to clear out shelf space for the for that for that stuff. So the two stuff, they really are discounting heavily. So you could usually find the two Infinity set with the Marvel figures and the game for like 30 40 bucks now and that was like an 80 dollar thing when it came out and then you could usually find the individual figures now they're normally retail for about 14 bucks you can find those for 10 bucks like i said it seems like each week one of those stores is rotated around uh, and you can get them for 10 bucks and uh and the the figurines are really cool like i said i i've got a set of i guess the the, the initial set came with uh Three and I, th- I think I bought two, two more, so I've got a few of them. But, uh, but yeah, so that was the big game news coming out of uh, Marvel game related news coming out of D twenty three. And hey, uh, Patreon.com slash It's All Connected. You can help Russ buy some more Star Wars Infinity three figures. <laughs> no, no, we wouldn't use the money for that. Uh, Patreon.com slash It's All Connected. If you get value out of the show, you want to help us improve the show. Um, you know, we talk about this a lot. You hear us all the time. We would like to put out more shows that costs, you know, bandwidth and money. We want to do some video stuff. We want the show to sound better. And uh, you can help us do that. You can donate any amount you'd like per episode, quarter, a dollar, whatever you want. And, you know, you can cap it. So if Russ and I go crazy and do 25 shows one month, which we won't, but if we, for some reason, maybe some news hits, we put out a few extra shows, it's never going to cost you more. It's still going to be $4 a month or whatever you cap it at. And, you know, whatever you feel the show is worth is great. goes towards improving everything in the future. 
Uh, as always, we'd like to thank our current patrons for helping to keep us going. And we have a, a special surprise for patrons uh, this uh, this month. Um, we, we haven't really set any real uh, incentives with the Patreon campaign. The, you know, the focus of it was just to kind of, you know, allow the show to grow and expand and do some and do some things like John said. Um, but we I recently was able to get an interview with Patrick Clare from um, uh, fr- from the studio that did the Daredevil opening credit sequence. And uh, so that sh- we weren't quite ready to shoehorn that into an actual show. Um, we plan on getting back on Daredevil uh, with the next episode, episode 73. Um, and so we will put that interview in its entirety there. Um, but if you are a patron, you can actually go and listen to the interview ahead of time. Uh, so again, you know, the show will always be free. We're never going to charge for the show. Um, but occasionally when we do things like that, uh, we're going to throw a bone to the patrons and maybe give them a little early access to something cool. Very good. And, uh, with that, let's get connected. Movie rankings. Yeah, it's, it's funny that that uh, that little transition was very poignant, uh, and it'll be maybe more poignant next week when we talk with Patrick Clare because uh, they also did Elastic also did the opening credit sequence for Halt and Catch Fire, so the whole modem thing just uh, just fit right in. Oh, very cool. That I'm gonna have to put that on my list right now. The strain and ballers and. I guess that's what I'm watching right now. Yeah. Ballers has one more week and then uh and Halt and Catch Fire season 1 is on Netflix. So I love Hard Knocks, so that will probably take over my Sunday night spot. Yeah, I you know it's funny. I was going to uh ditch my HBO Now after Ballers and then I remembered that uh Hard Knocks is doing The Texans this year, so uh, uh, being in Houston and being a fan of the Texans, I will probably keep that at least for for um, for Hard Knocks, or as they call it now, the JJ Watt Show. Exactly. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't caught. I I missed the. the I haven't caught the first episode yet. So I didn't know it started. So shows what I know. Yeah, I think last week was the first episode. I think it's on Tuesdays. So oh well, then looking on Sunday night is probably what crossed me up. Yes. So getting connected. The movie ranks. The final four. I'm sure everybody has figured out what four movies they are, but uh, maybe the order will surprise some people. I I think a little bit it will. Yeah, I think a little bit will. So starting with number four, uh, Iron Man. And uh, this one went the full range almost. Uh, it had a high ranking of one, a low ranking of ten, which is pretty. I, I find that pretty amazing. I think the next one will, will be even. Uh, uh, doesn't doesn't really surprise me, but um, but does surprise me. Um, it's the, definitely Daryl related. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, the median is a four, and the mode was three. So the most number of entries it got uh, were three. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, has it ranked number one. So of all the Marvel movies, uh, Rotten Tomatoes' score is the highest, as well as Metacritic. They have it uh, highest as well. I'm probably too hard on Iron Man 
Um, now when I watch it, I find the origin to be a bit slow, but when this movie happened, man, it was just awesome. Like seeing Iron Man (laughs) and the way they blended, you know, the CGI and the practical and just seeing him fly, you know, shoot the rocket, uh, like the wrist rockets at the tanks in that one scene. I guess that was things that we had seen in very early footage. Mm Mm-hmm at Comic-Con and stuff like that. Really just groundbreaking stuff and really went, you know, they they hadn't really brought up the whole connected universe thing yet, but it was really the point where you were like, wow, you know, the technology and the movie-making ability is there that we can really start seeing this stuff happen. Yeah, I was at Comic-Con in 07 when they first brought it to Comic-Con. So they had like the Mark I suit there, uh, which was really cool to see. And I didn't get into the panel because at that point it was the Paramount panel. So it wasn't even like Marvel Studios at that point. Uh, Paramount had their own panel and Iron Man was one of the movies that they put in amongst the others. Uh, and it was in, I think it was in Ballroom 20 instead of Hall H or whatever. It was in, you know, there's two big rooms at Comic-Con and it was in the one that we we were not. So I didn't get a chance to see that in, in 07. I think one of the things that it did really well was walk that fine line of being true to the comic and updating the source material. You know, like that Mark One coming out of the cave, shooting the fire, mm-hmm. you know, the flamethrowers was spot on. But yet, you know, they made it, uh, you know, rather than what was it originally, the Korean War? Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they updated it to Desert Storm or, or whatever. Um, you know, they did some good they did some good updating without totally taking away from, from the origin. I, I thought that was very well done. Yeah, absolutely. And we're still talking about the Ten Rings. Yes. <laughs> How they sneak in. Um, where was there? I remember hearing something about the Ten Rings that we didn't mention. Was it in Ant-Man that they snuck a Ten Rings tattoo in? Uh, I think they did. I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking at the official Ant-Man Easter egg checklist, which I I think it's funny that that even exists. But Marvel put out an official Ant-Man checklist, and one of them is a Ten Rings tattoo. Still out there. So it brings us to number three. Uh, which is Guardians of the Galaxy. So not 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 too surprising it, it made it this high. And again, the high was number one. Uh, the low was 11, <clears throat> Daryl. Uh, uh, the median was three, and the mode was two. So most people that ranked this had this ranked second, which is pretty, pretty incredible. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it ranked third, and Metacritic has it ranked number two. Um you and I ranked it pretty high. This is one that's kind of like when it first came out, I think I had it a little bit below Iron Man. And I think as time has worn on, I think it's it's kind of elevated itself for me. I think I, I look I look upon it more fondly um, after, as time's gone on. I had it at four. You've had it. You had it at fifth. Um, so, again, we both had it ranked pretty high. It really broke the barrier. Yeah. Between comic geek and like worldwide moviegoer. Yeah. You know, it it really just, I mean, to say it was a surprise hit 
is probably not 100% accurate because, you know, Avengers had made so much money previously that, you know, we, we all knew Guardians was going to do well. I mean, the mega hit that it was was certainly a surprise. Yeah, especially when we saw, like, Captain America the Winter Soldier do 700 and something million worldwide. We thought, okay, Guardians is, you know, not going to pass that up. And sure enough, it did. You know, it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's just really a, a fun, fun movie. And I that's probably the problem that people could have with it. Maybe, you know, like, too fun for the MCU, you know, like, doesn't take it seriously enough. I mean, I cringed at the dance scene uh during the you know pretty much the climax of the movie yeah um so i kind of get that but just a really good movie like in general like nothing to do with superheroes you could rename all the characters and it's just a good movie and daryl just doesn't like it because rocket is too close to a muppet (laughs) true uh, How do you? I, I'm sorry to. Uh, I know you're. We want to keep rolling, no, but no, no. Uh, we've talked a little bit about it, and it's not MCU connected. But the animated show is coming up, and it looks really good. Yeah, I I haven't seen too much of it. I mean, I've I've seen little snippets here and there, but I have. I guess maybe purposely, I haven't looked at too much of it. I'm just kind of waiting until it shows up to to kind of experience it. But yeah, they've been they've been putting out a lot of uh, you know little promo pieces and and. Uh, you know, little, little, like you said, little snippets here and there. They did that with um, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes uh, f- several years back when that first started. They put all those uh, dedicated web uh, little serials on there, like the origin of Captain America. It was like a five-minute segment and, and stuff like that. And it seems like they're they're just putting out these little vignettes to, uh, you know, to kind of pique people's interest. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it'll be funny to see, you know, obviously it's very easy to have Groot and Rocket and probably Star-Lord in a in an animated show, but, like, how do you convert Drax and, like, Gamora, you know, the, yeah. whose job whose jobs are basically killing, you know, you have to convert them into a, into more of a children children's-oriented show, which is always interesting to see how that goes. Yep. So number two, uh, Marvel's The Avengers. Not surprising uh, to me that it that you know obviously it's this high. Uh, the high the high score on this one was one. The lowest was nine, which I thought thought that was I found that surprising. Yeah, that's that is interesting. Um, Rotten Tomatoes ranks this one second. Metacritic ranks it fourth. Uh, and again, the, the, the mode on this one was three. So most people had this third, uh, again, pretty, pretty strong showing. Um, and Frank was the one that ranked this ninth. And I forget that Frank, half hour wasted his very own Frank A. Rincon, um, was not, not too thrilled with it, which I thought was kind of funny, but, uh, he, he, he's another one that has very unique tastes. I'll put it that way. Yeah. When it comes to movies, but uh, to me, I had it ranked first. I've had it ranked first from from the get go. As much as I love Captain America and that and that character, uh, to me, they made the quintessential perfect superhero movie with the Avengers. In in my opinion, I mean, if if you look at at how to make a superhero movie, to me, they Whedon did everything perfect with this one, um, and so that's that's why I rank it. 
uh, number one. If you if if you ask me what the and I think we'll we'll get that in a minute what the what the most well done or well put together or or you know best orchestrated or crafted movie was, I think I'd have a different answer. But um, you know, but but given that you know the Marvel Cinematic Universe is all about the superheroes and the characters, I think this one was the the best executed. Yeah, and it's funny because the reason, like, how do you pull off a movie with this many characters? Well, you can try to shoehorn all of the origins in, and it'll get splintered in a million places because you have to give everybody their due. Like, let's say, Spider-Man 3. Sure. Uh, And that's how it fails. How it succeeds is do it in other movies. Yeah, and then just get to the action in in the movie where they all come together, and I hope I guess Batman versus Superman looks like it's getting close to shoehorning the entire JLA into it, and I think that would kind of be a mistake. I know there is a JLA planned, uh, like sometime down the road twenty. Yeah. Um, so hopefully they'll at that at the point when that gets done, they will all have their own universe already established with separate movies before they try to cram everybody into one movie. Yeah, my understanding too, not to get too far down that track, is like um, Aquaman is is may is barely a cameo if I understand right, and you know that that Wonder Woman is has a fairly large presence, but anybody else that shows up is is maybe barely a cameo. So. And that would be cool. Like, if, yeah. if they just sort of, uh, I don't know, uh, met Aquaman at some point or discovered him in an after credit scene or something, that would be that would be fine. Yeah. Yep, yep. But that's another, not to get, again, too far down the track, but that's another movie that, honestly, the more I see of Batman versus Superman, the more intriguing it is to me. The more I, I you know, I, I was not... On the initial trailer and stuff, I was like, eh, I don't know about this. But the more I see, the more the more excited I am for it. So I'm sure we'll have at least a little something to say about that next April. Yes. It is only slightly behind Deadpool in my excitement right now. Nice. <laughs> but Deadpool, I'm very excited for Deadpool. Nice. Uh, so that brings us to number one. Um, and if you haven't guessed it by now, your math skills need some sharpening. Um but number one is Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Uh, not not very surprising to me either. Um, ranked, obviously, number one is the high. Number six was the low. Uh, the range was five. Um, the mode was, number, was one. So most people that voted on this had it ranked number one, but there were just enough of the low votes to, to pull it down. Um, Rotten Tomatoes has it ranked fourth. Metacritic has it ranked third. Um for as much as much grief as we give Daryl Taylor, uh, who we love very much, uh, he ranked this number one. Um, as did you. You this was number one for you too, John. Yeah, I love it. I love uh, I love the way they took a spy thriller and inserted superheroes into it, and it worked. And it didn't become. You know, some people say like, well, yeah, the uh, the Nolan Batman movies are great, but they're not really Batman movies. Like, you could take Batman and replace him with anybody, and it still works. Uh, the, this really was a Captain America movie in in that spy setting. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, we still got the motorcycle stuff and the throwing of the shield and, you know, Bucky is a huge part of his history and origin. They didn't bog it down with Bucky's uh, origin. You know, the Winter Soldiers just kind of on the scene and you find out as you go. Uh, you know, they worked in Batrock the Leaper, which is <laughs> awesome. Um, a lot of Widow. You know, I, I just really thought it was great. I mean, even, uh, you know, the TVs in the uh, bunker. Yeah. Um, Arnim Zola. Arnim Zola. That's, yes. 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 And I know you love this movie as well, so I don't want to go too long. Yeah. The, so I ranked this number two, but I think that may be slightly misleading because it's, it, you know, again, we talk, we talked about this before, but it's like picking, you know, which children, which child is your favorite. And, you know, as much as I raved about Captain, about the Avengers a moment ago, um, this movie is very, very, very close to number, a close number two in my book. Um, I think from a production um, filmmaking perspective, I think this is the superior movie. I mean, I think, um, you know, and we talked about it many times, but what the Russo brothers were able to do as basically unknown directors and especially unknown to big budget action blockbusters just completely blew me away. Yeah, what was their resume before? Um, Community, I think, and uh, uh, Arrested Development. It was all comedy. It it was like comedy sitcom uh, directing. And, uh, you know, to go to that, from that to this was, like I said, I mean, that car chase sequence with Nick Fury was was phenomenal. Um, You know, and just all, you know, just all of the other. You know, the, the opening sequence, you know, on the boat and, you know, the fight with Batrock. I mean, it was just, you know, you wouldn't have guessed that that it was from a couple of guys that had never done a big, you know, like I said, a big budget action movie. And um, the writing was solid. And, um, you know, again, the directing is solid. And it's, it's no surprise that, you know, they've pegged, all, you know, the core team, you know, the writers and the, and the directors to take this franchise forward. I mean, you know, obviously they're. Uh, you know, in the middle of or getting close to wrapping up Civil War, and then they're going to move on to Infinity War Part One and Two. I mean, that you know, that's your team. So, uh, you know, it just shows the the amount of uh, confidence that Marvel has in in that team. Absolutely. I mean, with Joss Whedon sort of taking a back seat now, I mean, the Russo brothers have the keys to the Ferrari. I yeah. Mean, it's their deal, which uh, which is great. I'm. I'm looking forward to uh, to what they do. You know, like you said, they went from comedy. They do this spy thriller. And, I mean, who knows what Infinity War Part 1 and 2 are, are going to look like. But it could be, you know, space opera. It could be <laughs> huge yeah. sci-fi action. It could be, you know, we. it's amazing, really, that they're, they're going to run the full gamut by the time they're done. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the list. Very cool. I, I, I wasn't too surprised... Definitely some shuffling of, uh, you know, a place here and there, but uh, this is where it stands, and I'm hoping that, uh, I I think, I have a feeling (laughs) that Civil War is going to end up in the top quarter of this. I would think, yeah, I I would think. Should we we recap the list since uh, since we, we went through it? Sounds good. All right, so we'll just run through this quick. Uh, number 12 was The Incredible Hulk. Number 11 was Thor The Dark World. Number 10 was Iron Man 2. Number 9 was Iron Man 3. Number 8 was Thor. Number 7 was Captain America The First Avenger. Number 6 was Ant-Man. Number 5 was Avengers Age of Ultron. 
Number four was Iron Man. Number three was Guardians of the Galaxy. Mar number two was Marvel's The Avengers. Number one, Captain America Winter Soldier. Awesome. A lot of fun. Thanks to everybody who uh, who left their lists on Facebook, Twitter, etc. Thanks for the participation. And uh, hopefully we'll be around long enough to do it again sometime. And we have one more winner to announce. Oh, very good. So I will pick somebody at random, as I did for the other two. Um, and so this week, the winner is Chris Gooch. So Chris, if you could DM us uh, on uh, Facebook or send, you can send an email directly to me at russ at hhwlid.com. Um, I'd be happy to get your details uh, and email you a, or email you, physically mail you uh, one of the Ant-Man uh posters that uh, that they put out for for the ant-man movie um i have not heard from our other two winter our other two winners um so mary kirk and matt thomas if you guys can contact me as well so i can get your information now that the contest is over and we have uh three entrants i will uh i will get to the post office uh next week and get these mailed out to everybody um and i'm i'll i'll uh, we need to, John, uh, create a special award. We'll have to think on this in the next week. Um, a special award for Daryl Taylor because every week uh, he pings me on Facebook asking me if we called his name out. So we need to think of a special award because I said, you really want the Ant-Man poster that, that bad? You know, it's not a it's not a Man of Steel poster or, a, um, <laughs> you know, a Batman versus Superman poster. Um, and he, he said he just the same thing to me, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he said he just wants to give his acceptance speech. So uh, so maybe we'll just we'll we'll think of an award to give uh, Daryl Taylor for being such a loyal uh, listener and good friend, uh, as well as podcasting brother in arms, uh, so he can have his uh, spot on the podium and uh, speak his piece. I will give him a poster if he reviews Fantastic Four for our uh, after credit scene in the future. Oh, that would be awesome, because he loved it. I know. That's what I'm trying to get. Yes. He's very busy, though. You know, He's podcasting constantly and bawling, as he says. Yes, man about cons, podcast, podcaster extraordinaire, baller. Yes. Hey, everybody. Uh, if Patreon's not your thing, you want to help out the show, that's cool. An iTunes review would help us a bunch uh you know the spiel at this point itunes reviews help us get to the front of the pages get us noticed um we have a bunch of itunes reviews already we want to thank all those people um i think we have one new one from the last show we'll probably wait till we have like two or three uh more new ones and read them in, in one shot but um please go to itunes search it's all connected leave a quick review and uh, it'll help us out absolutely and I think we're going to do a D23 spoiler alert. So D23, uh, they covered a little bit of Doctor Strange and a little bit more of Civil War. So I think we're going to talk about that stuff. We're going to put it in our spoiler section. And uh, it's mild stuff, but if you don't want to know what Doctor Strange may look like or be up to, or you don't want to know what footage was shown for Civil War, which you'll probably not see online for a long time, if anybody's still wondering, uh, you might want to fast forward a little bit so you don't get spoiled. 
So let's start with Doctor Strange, which there wasn't really much yet, was there? No, there wasn't any footage. Um, they haven't actually started filming yet. You know, they're still pre-pro or pre-production, I guess, set building, all that kind of stuff. Right. There was a little Cumberbatch uh, video. Yes. Which was cool, and he mental he mentioned that there would be things like uh, women car crashes. Uh, I think he said dimension hopping though, or something like that, which yeah. set everybody a buzz. And he did the he greeted everybody with the Vulcan uh, symbol, and then quickly uh, brushed that off. So uh, he he has a pretty good sense of humor. So I I like that that he's uh, uh, you know not just stiff and uptight, and he it, it wasn't like he just did his. Okay, I got to do my contractually obligated, uh, you know, press stuff. So let me do it. He he had a little fun with it. Yeah, and I think one thing that did come out was some concept art, and it looks like we're gonna get the red cape, mm-hmm. but it's going to be more of a monk look. I think is the quote that they used. Yeah. Um. So I could see that. I could see more of a red, you know, sort of a robe rather than a flowing cape. So that sounds cool, and I think they showed some other concept art of like, uh, like force blasts coming out of his hands, and and they used the likeness of Cumberbatch for the art, and they said it had the gray sideburns as well, which yeah. is all big stuff. Not really, but I think somebody I can't remember if it was official or not, but they used the the comparison to like Inception, where there were like you know as far as like how reality was portrayed with you know buildings you know jutting out sideways or upside down and right folding buildings i think was the term they used and that's you know that that sounds good to me yeah this one will be you know very exciting just because they're not hiding Behind what they've done before, it sounds like, you know, listen, I'm not expecting it to be rated R or anything like that, but it it sounds like it's leaning more towards a serious tone on the mystical horror side rather than, you know, most of the stuff that we've been seeing so far. Yeah, I I definitely would expect this to be a little edgier than what we've seen. Very good. And then... They rolled out the uh, Civil War stuff. I believe Captain America and Falcon were on hand, which was cool. Chris Evans and uh, Anthony Mackie, both in very good spirits. Yeah, it's funny, you know, John, we, like, especially when we first, you know, when this MCU first started and Chris Evans kind of came on the scene, we saw a little bit of it when we were at uh, New York Comic Con in 2011 before the Avengers Chris Evans seemed not quite as engaged. Um, you know, I don't know if it was a little, if it was just shy or withdrawn or whatever it is. Uh, I think some people interpreted that as, as disinterest. Um, and then it was like right around the time of, uh, I guess it was when the Winter Soldier came out. It seems like he had a bit of a switch. Um, and he got really big into showing up at these appearances uh, showing up at, you know, kids' hospitals and things like that in costume, um, you know, doing press interviews and junkets and being really excited about it and um, speaking a lot more freely. He he seems to have come a long way um, in his acceptance with this role and kind of the, you know, the the fame and, and what it brings with it and, and really um, and, and is really kind of embracing it. Yeah, 
I mean, who knows? That New York Comic Con might have caught him on a bad day. Yeah, 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 exactly. So the footage that uh, my guess is we see this trailer. I'm going to go with uh, an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. Maybe the premiere of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Maybe. I mean, certainly it would help get the numbers up and hopefully they won't get sabotaged like they try like what what happened with age of ultron where it leaked ahead of time um but i would imagine it's coming soon they've been filming for quite a long time and usually that you know they they cut something together uh that looks good i think for certain we will see a full if we get a teaser between now and then we'll get a full full-on trailer by the time star wars hits i mean i i would imagine slapped to every copy of star wars is going to be a full Civil War trailer, they'd be they'd be stupid not to. Yeah, I I agree. So now we get to the Civil War footage, which this is probably a little more spoilerish. Uh, the first thing I'm noticing here is that the Falcon uh, has a drone mini Falcon Red Wing, which. I guess in the comics he has a real Falcon friend, and and I don't know yeah. the character that well in the comics. And I guess did he have like control over him, like an Aquaman would over fish? Kind of, or... yeah. I mean, he's got like a telepathic bond to Red Wing in the in the comics, and so it definitely makes sense that this would be a drone uh, in the in the movie. Russell turned me on to the Martian novel. Hmm. And uh, there's a part early on in the novel where the character, the characters on Earth end the sort of the chapter by saying, I wonder what he's thinking up there. And then it cuts to the astronaut who is stuck on Mars and he's alone in his thoughts all day and night. And he's thinking, how does Aquaman control a whale? Whales are mammals. That makes no sense. Yes. So uh, I'm enjoying The Martian. It's so it's you. excellent. Have you seen the the trailer for the that trailer? No, no. Excellent. I saw some sh- uh, still shots, and I didn't know that there was a trailer yet. But uh, check it out. I'm yeah. going to read the book. Yeah, I'm going to read the book entirely before I delve into any media for the movie. Good plan. Okay, so we have Red Wing, who is a drone, which is very cool. Uh, we got some crossbow. Sounds like we got a lot of crossbones shots. Yeah. Um, throwing a magnetic bomb onto the shield of Captain America, mm-hmm. which sounds really cool. Um, I guess we get to see some fighting between Crossbones and Cap, or let's see. Yeah, because then he says something about, I guess like right when his mask gets ripped off or something, something epic is about to happen, and he says something to Cap about Bucky, like he remembers you or something. Yeah, there's two, there's two, uh, well, first he says, you dropped a building on my face. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. And uh, it says, Crossbones, uh, Neil's defeated. So it sounds like Cap just kicked his behind, and he says, you know, he remembered you, your pal, your buddy, your Bucky. Um, so, he's, you know, this is like a little tactic to maybe uh, confuse or distract Captain America, get under his skin. So I get, you know, he could be referring to a couple of things, I guess, like when they were programming the Winter Soldier, you know, yeah. that he was holding on to memories of, of Steve and stuff like that, which uh, that would certainly bother Cap. Sure, yeah. 
Uh, we get some William Hurt. Yeah. As uh, now Secretary of State Ross. Which is uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't realize him. that. Yeah, that's, uh, you know what, it, it says that in the sort of uh, synopsis that I'm reading. So I don't know if it shows like his name on an office door or a plaque on his desk or how they came to know that he's now the Secretary of State, but it seems like he is. Uh, you know, we, we've talked a bunch about uh, the possibility of the Red Hulk showing up. Um, the MCU exchange guys have been on that for a while. So I, you know, that, that sounds awesome. I can't, I have trouble wrapping my brain around a green and red Hulk fight. That would be mind blowing. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I, so I guess the scene that stole the show from this footage is where Ant-Man is introduced to Captain America by Bucky. No, Uh, by, uh, uh, Falcon. By Falcon. Yes, correct. Yeah, by Bucky, that would have been weird. So I guess Ant-Man is, like, very nervous about meeting Captain America, and, uh, you know, he stumbles on his words. He gets some things backwards uh, that he's saying. So that sounds very funny. Uh, there's a shot of the Vision in a tuxedo. Sure. Which is cool. Sounds cool. Why not? Sounds like Hawkeye gets to strike a pose with uh, T'Challa, the Black Panther, which is huge. We did, I don't know, have we talked about the Black Panther photos that have started to surface here and there? Yeah, I think we talked about that last week, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so we're getting closer to finally seeing Black Panther in action, which is great. Sounds like in this clip he was in street clothes and in the Black Panther armor in two different shots. And the gloves have the cool little extended razor claws. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I was never... I don't like Black Panther, the comic book character. I don't know. I shouldn't say I don't like him. I've never read any, and I've heard that some of the stuff is really good, and I'll probably want to catch up on some Black Panther. There's, uh, just as a real quick aside, uh, Black Panther in... Hickman's new Avengers is outstanding. I mean that that he starts off the run with something happening to him, um, and there's there's some key moments in that with Wakanda, which again, since Secret Wars is going on, it all ties into that. Um, and then a run which I've never read, but I hear nothing but good things about is um, the comic writer Christopher Priest, um, who uh, did a run in the late '90s. Of Black Panther, and it's never been like reprinted before. And they're doing those um, Marvel, what are they, the Ultimate Collections or whatever, where they're even if they don't come out chronologically, they've they've figured out where it would fit, and so they number them. Uh, so they're they're actually doing an Ultimate Collection of the the Christopher Priest issues of Black Panther. I think it's going to be three volumes total, um, and the first one I think comes out next this coming Tuesday. Um, I've got it pre-ordered on Amazon. It's like eighteen bucks for a thirty-five dollar trade or something like that. Uh, so I'm 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 gonna check that out and read that. Very good. It also one other thing from the D twenty three footage. It seems that when Kevin Feige uh, came out and introduced the footage, he said, "Be on the lookout for an Easter egg that we th- you know we put in this footage for you guys." And it turns out that there is a, a container or a cell 
that's holding Bucky, the Winter Soldier, in at one point. And it's cell block D, and the container number that Bucky was in was 23. Nah. So there's your D23. A little nod for for Disney fans. Nice. So that's about it. It's, you know, everybody that was tweeting, and it sounds like D23 is like really locked down tight. Yeah. Like hand in your phones and that sort of thing. It it almost seems like, and and they've teased this other, other cons, and maybe the. The, the venue is a little smaller, but it's almost like they've got guys with like night vision cameras looking for anything, you know, lit up, you know, for somebody trying to hold a camera. But I was shocked and amazed that none of that footage leaked out. I mean, we've seen every con, every place that this footage always leaks out, even even if it's just for a few minutes. But I didn't hear any credible sources saying, oh, it was here for an hour and it got taken down like. It, it just wasn't there. Um, and, you know, maybe if somebody's listening, maybe they've seen it or, you know, whatever. The bad thing was for a while, there was a really good fake that was going around. Um, and people got all crazy about that. And it turns out it was like mixed footage of the other movies. It was like some uh, White House Down or Olympus Has Fallen footage that was put in there. And um, so there were a lot of good fakes out there. And it, it's funny, one of them... I saw, I could tell right away it was a fake because they started showing stuff and there was absolutely no crowd noise whatsoever. And I'm like, one of the things at these events, like if they show anything, people just go berserk. So, um, so the fact that they showed something and nobody was speaking a peep, I was like, yeah, this is bogus. Right. One other bit of spoiler stuff that, uh, not related to D23. I don't think, I think we forgot to talk about it. And if I'm wrong and I just have bad short term memory, then I guess we'll talk about it again. The, the quantum realm scene in Ant-Man, there is a still taken from a bootleg (laughs) (laughs) that is going around the internet that seems to, these people think they have found the, the person who, Peyton Reed had said he stuck in the quantum realm as sort of an Easter egg. Uh, you know the shot that I'm talking about, Russ? Yes, I do. Okay, so it's it's a silhouette of what could be the Wasp. It's sort of like a, a negative space, like it's in between. It's it's a black image in between colored images. You know the spirals and right. sort of psychedelic effect that's going on. In the quantum realm. Um, And it comes out to be like a silhouette of what could be the Wasp. Uh, I think I'd be disappointed if that's what he was talking about. Yeah, that seems like really on the nose. I mean, that that, to me, that doesn't even seem like a spoiler or an Easter egg. I mean, I would have, you know, given the way that movie was going, I would have almost expected that she's lost somewhere in that realm. So Right, well, they did so much as told you that she was lost in, in that realm. Yeah. So I'm hoping that it's something more when we get, you know, when the high def, uh, when it hits digital video, when it when it hits uh, Blu-ray. Um, I would hope that, uh, you know, we get once we get a good look at that, maybe we'll catch something out. I'm holding out for the eye of Agamotto. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that would be great because you know everybody would know that it's Doctor Strange related, but you wouldn't need. Cumberbatch to show up for a day or some image of him used, you know, CGI or whatever. You could just show the eye of Agamotto floating around somewhere and and everybody would know. Right. Which would work for me. 
Um, one last thing for me, not really a spoiler anymore, spoilers off, um, and I think I think you wanted to talk about some comics that people had a question about as well. Uh, it seems that there are two versions of the Steel Book of Age of Ultron at Best Buy. Yes. There's a uh, an Ultron version, and there's a Vision version. That's hard to say, Vision version. And they're pre-ordering the 3D Steelbooks right now for 19.99. So I'm not say I'm just saying that if you wait until the day of sale, they are probably still going to be 19.99. But you're not going to be guaranteed a Steelbook if you're not waiting at the door for the place to open. So you might want to pre-order both, either or, whatever you're thinking about. So just check out Best Buy. Search Age of Ultron, and the 3D Steelbooks will come up. And they boosted up the release date. I mean, originally, I think it was going to be October um, 6th, I think, or uh, for the for the Blu-ray release. And um, the digital version comes out, I guess, up September 1st or September 4th or something like that. And they actually moved the, the Blu-ray release up, unless it's changed or it was a, a typo, to September 8th. Um, so instead of that one-month window that we've been getting for the digital uh, video, um, you know, video release of it, the the actual physical release got bumped up to September eighth. Very good. Sooner the better. Yeah. I can't wait to get Hulkbuster on my nice flat screen. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll get some use out of our three D TVs. Yeah. Yeah. Before three D just goes away. Yeah, totally. Uh, because they didn't put it in the specs for 4K. They did not. Anywho, uh, so comics, there's a Secret Wars event going on in Marvel, and it's pretty huge, and I think it relates to the MCU because I'm pretty sure the new versions of a lot of these characters are going to resemble and be in some similar situations that the MCU characters are. I think that's only smart. Yeah, I think we've been headed that way for a while. It, it's funny because, you know, we credit a lot of the look of the MCU on the Ultimate Universe and the Ultimates in particular. Um, you know, the the Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury, uh, the you know, the way that Captain America looks in his, you know, armor with the helmet and everything. You know, all that's the Hawkeye, you know, having more of a street clothes appearance than, you know, than the purple uh, crazy costume in the, in the, uh, in the main books, which... You know, and all of that slowly has started to migrate away. I mean, we see Cap now, he wears, um, you know, well, I mean, now that it, it's actually Falcon is, is Cap, but but prior to that, they changed up his armor style, they gave him an actual helmet, um, and we're seeing a lot of these these changes uh, in the main comics. And I, I would expect that to continue. You know, the more synergy they could get there, the hope that, you know, they can, they can cross over some readers. Um, but yeah, we, you know, as we get into the feedback segment here, one of one of the pieces of feedback we got was uh, somebody asking us to uh, talk about Secret Wars, uh, the the big Marvel summer event that's going on in the comics, and what we're liking. So uh, not really MCU related, but it was a, a request from a listener, so we thought we'd uh, we'd entertain that. Uh, I think John, I'm probably reading a little more than you are, uh, if that's fair to say. Yeah, yeah, I've been catching up more on some older stuff that I've missed, and uh, the the whole Secret Wars thing, I find it hard to follow if you haven't been reading the Avengers books previously, even before the event started. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I'm pretty much waiting for the relaunch, and then I'm going to jump back on to some books. So some of the ones that are really standouts to me are, the first one I want to talk about is Thor's, and I'm not going to get into any kind of real detail on these, but uh, Thor's is really good. So the concept of, of Secret Wars is every Thor from every possible alternate universe um, is a part of Doom's personal police force. Uh, so you have the Thor that looks like Storm, you have Beta Ray Bill, you have the ultimate Thor, you have um, the female Thor, you have uh, the, un, I guess, the unworthy, which is is the Odin son, which is Thor now that he's, he's had his hammer taken away. You have a version of Sam Wilson, the Falcon, is as Thor. I mean, basically, almost any character uh, tangentially related to Thor has, has become a Thor. Uh, there's there's uh, She-Hulk that's a Thor, and it's really funny because Jennifer Walters, uh, She-Hulk is a lawyer, so her little ga- uh, hammer is a little gavel, like you, like a like <laughs> a uh, like a judge would have. So it's really kind of funny. Um, but anyway, but but the concept with Thor's is basically. Um, Marvel SVU, so it's or, or uh, it, it's basically like a Law and Order type of episode with the Thors. There's there's murders taking place, and the Thors are having to figure it out. It's a really cool um, murder mystery thing uh, going on, and there's some really cool cool characters for that. So that one's definitely like very high on the list. Um, Squadron Sinister is another one that's really high on my list, which you wouldn't think Squadron Sinister. Um, it it deals with. The Squadron Sinister, if you're familiar with Squadron Supreme, uh, the first incarnation of the, of those characters in the Marvel Universe uh, was the Squadron Sinister. And, and basically it was Marvel's jab at uh, DC. It was evil versions of the Justice League, basically. Um, and so what it is is every incarnation of the Squadron Supreme slash Squadron Sinister um, and the Squadron Sinister versions basically are killing off all their rivals. Um, so it's a really brutal book, but it has all these really cool... Uh, incarnations of of these uh, squadron characters that they, they did a max book that J. Michael Straczynski did um, with the squadron supreme characters uh, in there. So they show up in here. Um, some of the uh, the new universe characters from back in the eighties uh, show up as 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 some as in there. So that one's really good. Um, another one that's surprisingly good is uh, Captain Britain, the Mighty Defenders. Um, and this is one, John, I, I recommended to you uh, because you're a huge fan of Judge Dredd. And the concept with the Mighty Defenders is basically um, there's these these Judge Dredd-like characters that all, instead of instead of looking like Judge... they The uniforms and everything are in the style of Judge Dredd, uh, but they're basically Punishers. Um, so Yeah, that sounds like something I would enjoy. Yeah, so it's a really cool concept. Um you know, instead of the big eagle on the shoulder, it's like a big skull, um, and they're all like it's it's all these crazy characters that are basically I forget what they call them. They're not judges, obviously, but um, but but they're basically punishers. Uh, so that one's really good. Um, a force is pretty good, uh, which is basically an all female team. Um, it's basically every main female character. Uh, in the Marvel universe, are all on one team. They're in their own little section of Battle World, and they're their own. Um, basically, they're like another uh, police force kind of team, um, and something goes on that they try and uh, get to the bottom of. So that that one's a lot of fun. Uh, Civil War is very good. Uh, speaking of of tie-ins to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, and and this is one where uh, the Civil War didn't end quite the way it did in the comics, and the U.S. really was fragmented into two halves um and they call one of them 
one of them the iron and the other one the blue and so captain america's half is called the blue and then iron man's half is called the iron and um and again it's you know it's a lot about conflict it's a lot about how you know how each side um deals with uh with this the country literally being divided in half uh and, and how it's ruled um from there um master of kung fu's really good i know john that was one you're actually reading master of kung fu yeah, yeah, I do. I like that one a lot. It's a really weird take on a mashup, really, of like traditional Shang Chi, Master of Kung Fu, and um, Kun Lun, and Iron Fist, and a lot of that mythology kind of all swirled together. Um, and it's it's really good. Red Skull is another one that's that's really good. And uh, one of the things in in the in the Secret Wars world is there's a, a wall that's called the Shield, and basically if you get thrown over the Shield. Uh, you're down there with all like the Marvel zombie characters, um, and so Doom sends a, a, a group of characters led by Magneto to go confirm that the Red Skull is actually dead. Uh, so these guys, these it's like a it's almost like a Suicide Squad type of uh, group that goes on this mission to go see if the Red Skull is dead. Um, wow! And hilarity ensues. Spider-Man, uh, renew your vows. So this is a world where Spider-Man uh, and Mary Jane married they had a, a kid uh annie may uh and all of the other superheroes are dead uh <laughs> they've all been killed and peter and mary jane and, and little annie are in hiding they basically wear these inhibitors so that they so that if their powers are detected you know they'll basically be uh uh killed so you know a bunch of stuff happens it's it's okay um it, it, it's definitely in the upper tier um Guardians of Nowhere is pretty cool. Um, the concept with this one is it's again Guardians of the Galaxy, and Nowhere is K N O W H E R E. So the Nowhere, like from in the if you're familiar with the movie or familiar with the comics, Nowhere was always like the Guardians base in space. Um, so Gar- Nowhere is the moon of Battle World. Um, so it's really kind of cool. It doesn't take place on actual Battle World. Um, it's it's a moon that orbits it. Uh, so that one's that one's really good. Um, there's one that's called Hail Hydra, uh, and this one's interesting because it 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 ties in directly with the Captain America run that that wrapped up recently. And uh, th- there's a I don't want to get too far into it, but there's a really cool uh, conceit with that one. So that one's good, and uh, and that's about it. You know, so there's you know six or seven. Oh, Old Man Logan. Sorry, uh, last but not least, Old Man Logan is very 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 good. The art is outstanding. Uh, and the story is really good. And this one's more a direct takeoff uh, from the the old man Logan story in the comic than most of these others. Most of these others are, you know, you you, you notice the name from the event that happened in the comics, but they're more more spins on that on that world than than like a direct continuation. And old man Logan is very much a direct continuation. So uh, I highly recommend that. And the rest of them, like I said, are kind of um, you know give or take. You know, I mean, you could you know you could you could take them or leave them. You know, one of one of our goals in a lot of our podcasting is to bring people to the comics, right? I mean, sure. You know, with again with our Walking Dead show, you know, we brought a lot of people to reading the book after starting to watch the show first, which is great. Um, and you know, we hope that all this Marvel MCU stuff that we talk about brings a lot of people to the comics. That being said, 
uh, as Russ just spelled out for you, there's a lot of crap going on right now (laughs) in Marvel Comics. And if you're digging all of the movies and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter and you're on the cusp saying, man, I'd really like to start getting into some Marvel Comics. Maybe I'll dip my toes in the water. Wait until October. Yeah. Because yeah. There, a, a ton of these books are all going to relaunch with new number one issues when this Secret Wars thing wraps up and you can start fresh, jump on. And then, you know, if you find you're really into a character, you want to know what happened previously, you can always go back. But it's a lot right now. And, like, I just don't want it to turn new readers off that they're just not going to know what's going on right now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, a quick plug here, a shameless quick plug. Um, which is a show that John and I actually started way back when, uh, our first podcast, that we've kind of done a little bit of a resurgence for um, as a YouTube show. Um, and so it's called uh, The Long Box of Doom, the LOD. Um, and we've just really started coming back to that show as a bi-weekly show. We do it live on uh, Google Hangout and post it to YouTube directly. Uh, and then the audio version usually goes up about a week or so later uh, on, on the podcast feed. Um, so if you're not if you're if you're only getting this through the the it's all connected feed, um, you can head over to YouTube.com/slash/hhwlodpodcastnetwork um, and check out the LOD episodes uh, because the most recent ones we've done a lot of of comic talk and a lot of talk about these Secret Wars issues in a lot more detail than I just kind of you know quickly went through. So if that if that interests you, you can definitely check that out. Very good. And we want to thank everybody for listening to episode 72 of It's All Connected. Please visit the MC, uh, www.mcuexchange.com for more awesome MCU news and commentary. You can also find the articles for all our past episodes there, along with links to our Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, and iTunes pages. Uh, please check out all of our other non-MCU-related shows over at hhwlod.com. And remember, hang around for the after credits. Good night. This is Lee giving you the comic book story of Civil War. This will of course contain spoilers from the comics. The Civil War storyline affected almost all Marvel comics between July 2006 and January 2007. Here I'm going to concentrate on the main seven issues. The flashpoint for the Superhero Registration Act happened in Stamford, Connecticut, where the New Warriors, a young superhero team who had their own reality TV show, were trying to bump up their ratings. In doing so, they had ambushed some supervillains, In their battle, Nitro is pushed into a nearby school bus. He then explodes, taking out the nearby blocks and over 600 civilians, including a nearby school with over 60 children. A vast amount of superheroes came as a relief force to help clear the rubble and save any victims they could. The general public were outraged, blaming costumed heroes for the atrocity. Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, was was confronted in a Manhattan nightclub and was then beaten by an angry mob, resulting in him, in him being hospitalised. All this then rushed the Superhero Registration Act into fruition. The law was now clear. You must sign up with S.H.I.E.L.D., give them your secret identity, and you would now become an agent. If not, you were a fugitive 
hunted down and imprisoned. Iron Man was its most high-profile supporter, believing this was the logical next step in the lives of superheroes, that some were simply not safe to operate on their own. He was joined by many more heroes, including Mr. Fantastic Reed Richards and Yellow Jacket Hank Pym. On the other side of this was Captain America, who believed this was an abuse of power and an infringement on the hero's rights. He then went underground and formed the Secret Avengers, which included Daredevil and the Falcon, and taken in those heroes who were against the bill. They continued their hero work and also tried to save anyone who was captured by S.H.I.E.L.D. Iron Man then takes the feud to a new level, calling a press conference featuring Spider-Man, who had previously built a new suit for called the Iron Spider. Spider-Man had tussled with the act, not knowing which side to stand on, fearing that if he revealed his secret identity, then the people closest to him would be in danger. But at the press conference on live TV, he revealed his secret identity, stating, My name is Peter Parker, and I've been Spider-Man since I was 15 years old. This doesn't go to plan for Parker, as he was then fired from his job and attacked by some of his worst supervillains, as they now know who he is. The two sides then meet, with heroes against heroes, friends battling friends on either side of the law. Iron Man in a fight against Captain America has the upper hand, as his suit is programmed with all of, with all of Cap's fighting style. He then destroys Steve Rogers. Thor then arrives mid-battle, but this isn't the real Thor, as he died in an earlier event, rather a robot created by Reed Richards. He then starts to decimate Team Captain America, relentless in his attacks. Something's not right, he has no limits. Team Captain America then retreats, as Goliath uses his massive size to hold off Thor, giving them time to escape. But Thor unleashes a huge thunderbolt through the chest of Goliath, killing him instantly. All the heroes are stunned, both sides stop. The feud has now taken a victim, one of their own. Spider-Man is rocked by this event. Some heroes now shocked, defect to the other side as their views change. This includes Sue Richards now leaving Reed along with her brother Johnny Storm to move over to Team Cap. Peter Parker has also changed his mind and confronts Iron Man. This leads to a fight between the two heroes and ends with an injured Spider-Man fleeing to the sewers, where he would have died had it not been for Frank Castle, the Punisher, saving him and bringing him to Captain America. Tony Stark now creates a prison equipped to hold any superheroes who fight against the Registration Act. This works in Captain America's favour as he wants all those to stand that stand against the law in one place to finish the feud. Captain America is able to get to the prison thanks to Hulkling, a young Avenger who has shapeshifted into the persona of Hank Pym. Before he was revealed in front of everyone, Hulkling was able to release all of the prisoners caught by S.H.I.E.L.D. and Team Iron Man is joined by Steve Rogers in this final battle. The two teams wage war against each other. At this time, the then director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Maria Hill decides she's going to imprison all of them. But Cloak sees this and uses all of his strength to transport them back to New York City. The teams continue their massive battle, destroying anything around them. Buildings, buses, civilians, all getting caught up in this war. This time, Captain America has the upper hand in his battle against Iron Man. Standing over Tony's armour, cracked, crumbling. And Captain America is ready to end it but he's then tackled by civilian firemen, nurses, policemen. While down, Captain sees the damage that they've caused, carnage brought upon New York. He yells for the fighting to stop and turns himself into the authorities, and the war is over. 
This is a massive story and my personal favourite from all of Marvel Comics and what turned me into a die-hard of all things Marvel. It contains so much more than the skeleton that I've just given you. If you ever wondered about getting into comics, these seven issues are a fantastic way of doing it. That's all for me. You can follow me on Twitter at Mask and Hammer. Thanks for listening.